it was actually really funny because uh, my best friend at the time, she had came out to me first actually. And I was kind of like, oh, like I don't want her to think I'm like copying her. So I'm not gonna, let me not say anything. You know, like I was an ally for a second and, and just an ally. So I didn't actually end up- <laughs> So you just, you just like comforting her. You're like, yeah. oh, like, yeah. I'm so sorry. You know, <laughs> no, I'm here yeah. for you. I'll never change on you. <laughs> And whole time. It was literally that. Like it was literally that. And it was so funny because I'm like in my head thinking, like, damn girl, like I'm gay too. Like (laughs) like I gotta just play the cool and was like, you know, I still love you, I accept you, you know. But um What's up everybody and welcome to the Queerly Black Show. I'm your host, Ashley, and I'm so happy you came by. The Queerly Black Show aims to normalize the everyday existence of Black, LGBTQIA plus individuals through an interview-style series with regular folks like you and me. So every week, a new guest shares their story and unique perspective on their existence as an LGBTQIA plus individual. Thank you for tuning in, and make sure you subscribe, download, set your reminders to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of the Queerly Black Show. I'm your host, Ashley. I'm joined today by a very special guest. We got Justy in the building. Justy, tell the people about yourself. What is up, everybody? My name is Justy. I am an independent music artist. I'm here in Brooklyn, New York, but I was raised in Staten Island, New York. Um, so I'm out here. I make sort of like, I like to describe it as like jazz hop music, a little fusion of jazz, hip hop, R&B, some soul. Um, if you hear a Justy song, you'll definitely know it. So I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to talk and kind of get into everything. Absolutely. So we definitely gonna talk about all that. Uh, you're from BK. I'm from Jersey. I don't live in Jersey right oh, now, but uh, yeah. I, I don't envy you being in that cold right now. <laughs> it is so cold. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I, I do, I will say though, I do miss like, you know, um, winter attire. Like I see you got the beanie on and all that. Like I'll put a beanie on in LA, I'll be sweating. So like, <laughs> you know, certain stuff about it, like, nice puff cold Tim's yeah. like yeah. you know the whole vibe but uh yeah, yeah so so yeah no my heart goes out to you it's, it's cold out there uh <laughs> it is definitely it is cold uh but to your note the winter fashion coming crazy. Through, you can't you can't top it no no for sure the layering suck scarves everything man the pea coats <laughs> ah <laughs> Ugh, yeah man um so the first thing I always ask here I ask everybody when did you know that you liked the ladies? Wow, that's a great question. <laughs> um, honestly, you know, for me, it happened really young. And I know everyone's experience is different. But for me, um, I remember being young and liking like my older sister's friends and being like, that's different. It was never, it never felt like it was wrong. It was just different. And I think that acknowledgement, even being that young and just acknowledging like, this isn't like that other normal thing was kind of like the start for me. So third grade, how old are you? Like eight? Eight, yeah. So um, yeah, it came kind of early for me and it's been like that ever since. Mm -hmm. Did you, uh, did you have like that uh, initial, um, when you realize like, okay, you know, this might be a little different. Did you uh, kind of entertain the thought or did you kind of put it to the back of your mind and kind of move forward? It's interesting because I acknowledged it, but I also acknowledged that because of that, my path would be a little different. I had always thought 
and I assumed like I would date one person and that would be like the person who I married you know like mm-hmm. I, I didn't even entertain the possibility of like dating around or anything like that because I just assumed I would never be comfortable enough to be out to date so I was kind of just like I'll find someone and then I'll marry them and that'll be my experience. So that was sort of my way of not necessarily pushing into the back, but kind of acknowledging like, I know this thing about myself, but I'm not really going to be open about it. Um, and that that's present in, I think the way I approached dating, it became present in the way I wrote music, like not using she, her or anything like that. Um, so I think there were elements of hiding in there. Yeah. Was that, that was all through. So this is eighth grade, I mean, eighth grade, eight years old. So yep. through high school, middle school. Yeah, yeah. It was just <laughs> late no acknowledgement of that, yeah. Yeah, very late, very late bloomer. Um, Didn't really date in high school until the end of it, like literally my senior year. So I guess kind of like a high school sweetheart. Um, It really wasn't until, I want to say like my junior year at college where I was like, nah, I'm gonna be outside. Like, I'm gonna just, you know, I'm gonna try this out. And um, that's when I really kind of blossomed and bloomed. And I think it's because I had more exposure to uh, the community as well. So that was really helpful to sort of push me out the door. But uh, queer black kid in Staten Island, like my my options were a little limited. So So what, uh, what school did you go to? Uh, college? Yeah. I went to City University. Yeah. So okay. we have here in New York, we have CUNYs. You might be a little familiar with CUNYs, but um, mm-hmm. I went to City University in my hometown, actually. Mm-hmm. Shout out to CSI. But um, yeah, very like, I didn't even have like a huge um, going away sort of college experience where I kind of got to uh, live out things that way. It was mm-hmm. centralized. So I was very late to the game. I was very late to sort of uh, being able to express myself fully comfortably yeah uh, yeah yeah because I imagine because normally uh, I never even thought about that normally like you know if people kind of blossom in that college age they're away from home yeah. but I imagine you probably were like in school in college with some people that you went to high school with so you're like how can I like fully develop in front of them yeah you know what I mean and not and not experience like a shift that that you know probably was a fear um talk about kind of uh coming of age like while still kind of basically being at home and not really to to some extent changing your surroundings because you're you're still at home I'm sure you meet new people at college right like it's a big school so there's not just only your high school people but like a lot of your friends are still your friends yeah talk about that I mean, that was rough. It was really hard. It's kind of, I think you you really encapsulated it really well. Um, I couldn't fully morph into me because, oh, that's the person who I was in high school with for X amount of years. And this is what they know me of and how they know me. So I couldn't really express everything that I wanted to. Being home, it keeps you wanting to stay in the image of people who know you, right? So you could be fully coming into your own. You could be fully um, acknowledging who you are, but because you have this like image you have to live up to, um, not necessarily that people are even projecting that onto you. You're just sort of assuming like, this is what you know me as. Um, it keeps you, it, it kind of stunts your growth, um, honestly. And I, it wasn't until I got out of that environment, and this is sort of a thing with Staten Island where it's like people 
you go there, you grow up there, you work there, you start your family there. It, it becomes very sort of um, like circling the drain. And I just knew for myself, like for what I wanted to do, I had to get out of that in order to truly like fly and soar. So I feel like um, I did a lot for many years. I did a lot of protecting of an image that people were comfortable with uh, because I didn't want to disappoint whatever you know, narrative they they thought about me or whatever I had to live up to or I thought I had to live up to. Yeah. So what started the shift for you? Was it, um, did you start dating somebody? Did, was it just the fashion? Like, was it just kind of like incremental steps that you took? What was the, what were those steps that you took? Yeah. I mean, so the cool thing was, is I always uh, was able to express myself in my clothing. So I was never holding back there. And um you know, I was able to have that, let's say, I think the thing that it really was, was the music. It kind of got to a point where um, I was out and doing shows and the connections I was making, it was sort of just like, oh, you're a queer artist. So, you know, we can, you know, we would love to have you do this or do that. And it, it kind of became like an undeniable thing where mm -hmm. it was like, this is the thing that's kind of opening doors for me. So I'm going to go towards that thing and not sort of reject it or try to you know, step around it. And my whole thing had always been like, listen, like I did the thing I was supposed to do. I went to school, I got my degree. Like now I can, now I can fully go into who I want to be and who I know I am. So I think that music allowed me to sort of escape from it. And again, there had been years where I would just write in songs and not address any pronoun um, until I started writing my debut album. And, uh, that became a thing where it was like, oh, this is the first time I'm actively acknowledging um, who I am, what I what I like, you know, what my story has been so far. That's super dope. And one yeah. thing you said I like is that you became like you through being an artist, like you realized that it it was a it was a positive thing and not that it was something you should be afraid of. Like yeah. you saw opportunity by being yourself. There's opportunity and yeah. it's that's so dope because a lot of times people have the opposite experience where they feel like if I come out if I if I'm not if I'm honest if I'm myself people will reject me people won't like me people won't you know want to be around me and it's super nice that you had essentially the opposite experience where you figured out that like oh like this is something that people accept and appreciate about me like I don't have to you know hide behind this um yeah. when did you know that you wanted to do music Wow, that was that was uh, an early thing for me as well. Not in necessarily in the sense of knowing I wanted to be um, front and center because I that wasn't really my start with music. I uh, I had always loved music. I I grew up in a household that was filled with music. Like my mom had these um, huge CD books. We used to be able to like order CDs through a catalog, and she would just fill up all these books and. I got to listen to all sorts of different music. I got to listen to a lot of um, reggae music because she's Jamaican. So just sort of growing up in a Jamaican household, um, having that end of it, but then also listening to like Luther Vandross, Barry White, like it was just such a range. And that got me falling in love with music. Um, when I got to high school, again, sort of like dappling and some things here and there, I was like, you know what, I wanna play music just play guitar for like a bunch of like bands that just weren't really good. Um, and eventually I was kind of just left standing 
um, knowing I still wanted to do music, but not necessarily having a band around me. And I was like, I guess I'll try, like, I'll try singing, like, I'll try, um, you know, producing, I'll try rapping, and I don't have people to fill this in for me. So I'll just do it myself. So it was literally that sort of gradual um, push into you like this, and you want to do this, whether you have the components there to do it or not, like, you'll have to sort of step to the forefront, and you'll have to be the the one man band sort of. So um, that's what got me into it. it. It was kind of like, I want to sing, I want to do this thing, but I don't have a singer. I'm just going to have to do it myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did, how, how did you arrive at the sound that you have now? So you, you described it as like, you know, jazzy hip hop kind of, kind of vibe. How did you arrive at that sound? And if you feel like that's, you know, an arrival or do you feel like it's still evolving? Yeah. I like that you know that because I think with music, it is like still always evolving and um, you're, you're sort of like different eras, if you want to call them, you, you get to, um, kind of experience different sounds and see what sticks. I think for me, my sound, I always had a really great appreciation for instrumentation and music. Like I never kind of came out the gate. Like I want it just to be beat based. I always actually appreciated live instrumentation and things like that. So I think that that helped with, um, the jazz elements helped with that. Cause I mean, some of the best musicians I know are jazz musicians. Some of the best singers I know are church singers. It's just, it, it's all sort of rooted in this very natural organic process of creating music. Um, and just being, I mean, being in Staten Island, it, the the biggest uh, claim we have is like Wu-Tang. So like I had an appreciation for hip hop from the jump. Um, being able to combine those things, seeing uh, groups who did it really well, like the Fugees and like, um, you know, like the most deaths and stuff. Like, I kind of just always liked that sound. I liked how sort of natural it felt. And I liked that it could also be very commercial as well. There's just so much like duality with music like that. So I think that that kind of naturally got me wanting to recreate music like that and um, combine those elements. And I think it just works. It works so well when you're performing it live as well. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Um, So you talked about like your songs and the first time that you or you used to write music and not use pronouns. Yeah. Um, Do you remember the first song that you wrote that you actually had pronouns in it? Damn, that's good. Um, It was on my debut album, actually. It was on my debut album. Um, One of the tracks on my debut album, um, there's a track called Sister, Sister. And it's interesting because it's not necessarily focused on uh the relationship it's actually about a like a a friendship betrayal so um had a friend who eventually ends up dating my ex who's like the center of this debut album um and it's kind of talking about that betrayal of you know losing your friend to someone who you once loved as well so it's sort of like a double-edged um heartbreak and uh I remember when I realized, I'm like, oh, I used her in here. Like, that's, that's great. Like, I, I, this is the first time I'm like, my first official album, I'm, I'm in my 20s. And this is the first time I've used her in a, a track. It, it was interesting. It, I, I didn't notice, like, I didn't intend, like, this is the song that I'm going to use yeah. her in, but it's been so long and it finally got to that point And I was kind of just like, wow, like, I finally said it. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, what was your coming out story? What was the the conversations with your family, your mom, your friends? Who did you come out to first? 
yeah <laughs> it was actually really funny because uh my best friend at the time she had came out to me first actually and I was kind of like oh like I don't want her to think I'm like copying her so I'm not gonna let me not say anything you know like I was an ally for a second and and just an ally so I didn't actually end up so you just you just like comforting her you're like yeah oh like yeah I'm so sorry you know <laughs> no, I'm here yeah. for you I'll never change on you and all time I, it was literally that like it was literally that and it was so funny because I'm like in my head thinking like damn girl like I'm gay too like <laughs> like I kind of just played it cool and was like you know I still love you I accept you you know but um it was interesting I think sometimes people um it might be harder for them sometimes to come out to their dads versus their moms it was flipped for me it was easy for me to come out to my stepdad and harder for me to come out to my mom because of cultural and like religious background and all that stuff but um with my mom, I wrote her a letter. Like sometimes it's easier for me to write things out uh, than to say them. And I just, I couldn't just face her and say it. Like, I don't think I've, I've ever really just um, spoken about it outwardly. Um, it kind of just like, I wrote the letter, she got it. And then that was it. With my step, my stepdad, I was able to kind of like vocalize it and talk about it more. Um, and it was like, it was seamless, you know, but I think with, for me, with my mom, that was the thing that that carried the most weight. And for a while, she just kind of didn't talk about it. Uh, she she literally just said like, "Oh, I read your letter." <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> the scariest thing I ever did. You don't have nothing else to say. <laughs> I know it was so it was so like nerve inducing, but like I was happy when I just got it out there. And I think in terms of just like. Um, publicly I never had like a public coming out there was never like a post like I'm I'm gay you know like it was kind of just like I'm here <laughs> you know yeah. like this is who I am and you know people just know yeah for sure so it, you so was it like a couple years after you gave your mom the letter that she that you talked about it or was it you know months kind of how long did it take for her to come back to it I think it was probably about a year um, so it was kind of a year of not acknowledging, which isn't technically like a long time, but it mm -hmm. felt like a long time, you know, mm -hmm. when there's that, that elephant in the room. Um, and after it, you know, I get the sense it's very much like a parent is always going to love you. Like, even if you're not living up to their perception of what they thought you would be, um, which is kind of just how life is too. It's like people sort of set these um, ideas of what we should be or what we're going to be. And then when you kind of do the complete opposite of that, it's, it's an understanding that you have to come to. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that that's sort of how she's navigated it. And um, for me, I was kind of always just like, once I got to a certain point, I fully accept who I am. And I just, it's my life, you know, that I think that's one part of your life you can be very selfish in, you know, kind mm -hmm. of this is me, this is my identity. I'm I'm not gonna really morph that for anyone else's um like. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Um so you have a single dropping. Yeah. Here soon. Talk I about do. it. Yeah. So my single couple goals drops on 126. Um I produced it, I wrote it, recorded it right here in this apartment. Um it's about uh perception actually. I being in a relationship now and um, 
kind of seeing people look up to that relationship or, you know, put it on a pedestal. I'm kind of like, I do hope y'all know, like my relationship isn't perfect. And I've, I've had that experience in, in any sort of relationship I've been in where it's sort of like, what you see is, is what you see, but there's so much more behind that. And that's with any of these couples we see and we look at, um, it's just perception. And a lot of times is, I got a line in the song where it's like, um, <laughs> one day we given lifetime, one night only movie. And then, then we back with the shits and it's given to be. So it's like sometimes <laughs> is that perception of perfection, mm-hmm. but on the other hand, it's something completely different. Totally uh, ratchet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I wrote it to kind of just speak to that. Cause I think that there's so much weight that, um, social media puts on people it, it puts weight on the people who have to hold that that sort of image but it also puts weight on these people who feel like oh I'll never get to that or I'll never have that I'll never be able to live up to that and none of it is real which mm-hmm. is the people part you know um but we sort of we don't acknowledge that we still hold ourselves to those standards and those expectations and I think that that it drives people crazy you know mm-hmm. there's a lot of sort of transparency so I wanted to write about that and you know, it's sharp. It you ha- it has those funny moments in the songs, but you know, I recount on my dating history in itself. I recount on my exes by using their zodiac signs and sort of just talking about my experience with them. But um, yeah, it's it's really important. Transparency is a big thing in my music, so that's something that I just wanted to continue going with um, as I wrap up the second album. Yeah, how yeah. have you used and navigated social media? Uh, today because I think you you touched on a, a, a important thing which is that like social media is 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 it, it can it can be a different place for people um mm-hmm. how have you navigated it and stayed grounded through kind of evolving musically and just as a person in general yeah um that's a great question I think that for me as a music artist it's a necessity that I I'm just engaging on social so there's not really a way that I can avoid that if I wasn't doing music I wouldn't have social media to be honest um but because I have to do it I I kind of create boundaries for myself within it so I know that I have a separation between life and you know this is something that is like a tool for me this is something that can be a window for things so um if it's Instagram, I don't use incredibly a lot. Like if I'm going on there and I'm promoting, I have my campaigns that I build up and I I do my press run and I'm like, see y'all next time. Um, I'm more heavy on TikTok. I think that TikTok can be a mixed space for people, but I found that building community on TikTok is a bit easier. And um, even with that, I try to keep it light and I try to keep it personal and transparent. And that's worked for my community that I'm building up there. Um, I think with anything, with anyone, whether you're an artist or just a user, like give yourself, give yourself that space. Like, you know, you don't have to be on it 24 seven, you don't gotta be checking every single second, like give yourself whatever space that you need to give yourself with it. um, Because you have real life. And again, most of the things you're seeing, it's like they're tailored for you to see them that way. You know, nobody or most people, they're not going to be posting like the real, real of everything. Fine. but I think that's important to keep in mind. So you aren't holding yourself to what you think is um, winning or anything like that. Yeah. No, definitely. Definitely. Um, I love that. What would, as we kind of exit here, a piece of advice that you have for somebody who 
is sort of navigating the same space as you, um, just coming into themselves and navigating a new career, whether it be music, uh, you know, an actor, actress, modeling, whatever, what kind of advice would you give them? I have found um, in my career so far, the thing that has accelerated me as I'm doing this with different peers is consistency. I think consistency is so important for life, right? Like whether you want to get into entertainment or whether you're, you know, you're working corporate, whether you're working an average job, whatever it is, be consistent. You have to show up for yourself every single day. No one else is going to do it for you. People are going to disappoint you. Opportunities are not going to come through. But if you constantly show up for yourself, I fully believe with that and, you know, just with my belief in God, like I feel like the combination of those two things, anything is possible. I'm I am from Staten Island. There's no reason why I should have uh, had access to certain platforms that I had. There's no like, why should, why would I win? Like, why would I have that recognition? I've just been really consistent since day one. And um, I see it now because I'm, I'm piecing together a documentary, but I see it now because I've been filming everything since like 2008. And just seeing from 2008 to this point, it, it's been a complete journey. It hasn't been an overnight thing. And there's so many more things I want to do. But with everything we want to do, we have to apply that consistency to it. The second we fall off and we stop kind of going hard for ourselves, it's just not going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like it can happen if you stick with it and you stick with yourself and you apply that pressure and you apply um, those steps to get there. Yeah. So I think, you know, consistency is the biggest thing in whatever you're doing. And when you're consistent with something, that's when you can sort of see that growth as well, because you're tracking it as you go along. So that that's what I've seen it to be so far. We There's no, you know, definitive, like, this is the thing that's going to make it work, but right. got to be in the winning formula, I think. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Uh, tell the people where they can find you. Yes. So you can find me on Instagram. I'm at Justy Music. You can find me on TikTok at Just Justy uh, Music. I'm, I'm on both of those a lot. But the great thing is, if you find me on Instagram, go to the link in my bio, you will literally find me everywhere else. My YouTube is Justy Music. Um, my music is on every platform you can stream music on. Just look up Justy. Um, I suggest you start with a song called Familiar. We just hit 50K on that one. So hey. definitely check that one out. Nice. Love oh, that. Yeah. Love that. I love it. Thank you so much, Justy, for coming through, sharing your story. This was super dope. And um, my heart goes out to you out there in that cold. But <laughs> <laughs> other than that, yeah. uh, this is another episode of the Queerly Black Show. I'm your host, Ashley. I'll catch y'all on the next one. Peace. Thank you.